From October 2017 to now, there's been a lot of progress and updates regarding obstetrical hemorrhage, starting with the October 2017 Practice Bulletin number 183 that redefined what postpartum hemorrhage actually is. To now, in December of 2019, the ACOG will release a new committee opinion dealing with quantitative blood loss at delivery compared to estimated blood loss, in other words, QBL rather than EBL. But why this move? Does this really improve outcomes? Well, it's deeper than you think, so let's take a look at that data now. In October 2017, ACOG released Practice Bulletin number 183, which changed the long-held traditional view of postpartum hemorrhage. Remember that traditionally, postpartum hemorrhage was defined as a blood loss greater than 500 mLs after vaginal birth for a singleton and 1,000 mLs of blood loss after a C-section for a singleton birth. But according to this October 2017 practice bulletin from the college, maternal hemorrhage was redefined as cumulative blood loss greater than or equal to 1,000 mLs of blood and or accompanied by signs or symptoms of hypovolemia within 24 hours after the birth process. And this was irrespective of mode of delivery. In other words, it didn't matter whether the birth was vaginal or C-section. Remember that just because a patient has not reached 1,000 mLs doesn't mean we can't be proactive to prevent the patient from reaching that now redefined value of 1,000 mLs for postpartum hemorrhage. By best practice and consensus, a search for the four T's of potential causes of postpartum hemorrhage should occur when the patient reaches 500 mLs of blood loss. Remember, the four T's are a progressive, systematic, stepwise manner to evaluate the potential etiologies of postpartum postpartum bleeding. And they are tone, trauma, tissue, and of course, thrombin, or ironically, a lack of thrombin as representative of a variety of coagulopathies. Now, on to the new December 2019 committee opinion on quantitative blood loss from the college. Now, remember, listen to this staggering statistic and why this is important. Given that approximately 40% of postpartum hemorrhage occurs in low-risk women, every woman giving birth should be considered at risk of obstetric hemorrhage. Hemorrhage is a major contributing factor to maternal morbidity and mortality. Postpartum hemorrhage causes approximately 11% of maternal deaths in the U.S. and is a leading cause of death that occurs on the day of birth. Hemorrhage that requires a blood transfusion is also the leading cause of significant maternal morbidity. Now here's yet another staggering statistic. 54 up to 93% of maternal deaths due to obstetric hemorrhage may be preventable. So let's say that again, because that's a clinical pearl. Up to 93% of maternal deaths due to obstetric hemorrhage may be preventable. So how does quantitative blood loss fit into this? And does quantitative blood loss alone really change clinical outcome? Well, as we said in the intro, it's deeper than that. But let's talk about this in more detail so we can understand the value of quantitative blood loss as part of an obstetric toolkit. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Traditionally, and as I trained, we all did estimated blood loss based on visual estimation. Well, visual estimation has been compared to quantitative methods in both clinical and simulated scenarios. The accuracy of blood loss assessment is improved with quantitative measurement techniques, and that should be a no-brainer. For example, one study compared visual estimation to a gravimetric measurement in a prospective cohort study that included 150 women. Now, in this study, blood-soaked items were weighed and the dry weight of the items was subtracted to obtain the blood loss volume. Visual estimation of blood loss compared with the gravimetric technique was associated with an error of approximately 30%. That means that the gravimetric mean blood loss was about 300 mLs versus nurse and physician estimated mean blood loss of about 200 mLs. So this proved that the observed quantitative measurement was just more accurate. Now, this probably isn't a big deal for normal blood losses, but it can significantly make a difference when there is significant postpartum hemorrhage. Look, it's pretty clear. It's a no-brainer, right? We know, and it makes sense, that quantitative estimation of blood loss compared to visual estimation is just more accurate. And while it probably doesn't make a lot of clinical difference for patients who do not have significant bleeding, it should make a difference in patients who have significant postpartum bleed, right? I mean, the effect of quantitative blood loss should be positive on clinical outcomes. After all, ACOG is endorsing it, correct? Well, the surprising answer is no, it does not make a difference. So what's the catch? Well, the catch is, is that quantitative blood loss alone is just one factor in a toolkit of obstetric hemorrhage, and that's where the disconnect lies. So let's get in to the effect of quantitative blood loss on clinical outcomes and figure out why there's actually no difference just using QBL alone. However, using QBL as part of a toolkit has a lot of clinical utility. Let's talk about that next. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's the surprising data on QBL as a standalone intervention. Although quantitative measurement is more accurate than visual estimation for identifying obstetric blood loss, the effectiveness of quantitative blood loss measurement on clinical outcomes has not been demonstrated randomized control trials that compared visual and quantitative techniques have been performed in various countries and have actually found no clinical difference. Additionally, a recent Cochrane review of three international trials found no difference between subjective and objective methods of assessing obstetric blood loss when comparing the outcomes of blood transfusion, the use of plasma expanders, or the use of additional urotonics. 
So if that's the case, that QBL alone does not change clinical outcomes, why are we doing this? Well, the answer is that quantitative blood loss assessment is just one part of an entire toolkit that has indeed shown benefit at reducing postpartum hemorrhage, morbidity, and mortality. So let's talk about these bundles now. QBL alone as a standalone intervention may not have any improved clinical outcomes, but it does when it's part of an obstetric hemorrhage bundle. Analysis of root causes in maternal mortality reviews have consistently found missed or delayed diagnosis and delay in initiating treatment as recurrent problems in care of women with excessive blood loss. So, addressing more accurate and timely diagnosis and and treatment of postpartum hemorrhage does represent an important quality improvement opportunity for the prevention of morbidity and obviously mortality regarding PPH. Most of the information regarding these postpartum bundles comes from the California Maternal Quality Care Collaborative. These have shown that obstetric hemorrhage bundles, including a measure of QBL as a component, does in fact significantly reduce maternal morbidity and mortality from PPH in participating hospitals. Overall, the data has proven true that implementation of the California Maternal Quality Care Collaborative Obstetric Hemorrhage Bundles or similar bundles in statewide initiatives or in hospital-based systems have, in fact, improved clinical outcomes related to obstetric hemorrhage. These outcomes may provide evidence of the effectiveness of QBL when it is included as a component of an obstetric hemorrhage bundle. Now, part of this bundle includes rapid use of uterotonics and the use of TXA quickly when the PPH defined criteria of 1000 mLs is reached. Remember that transagamic acid, of course, is now induced by the college and the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine to reduce the need of transfusion and hysterectomy when given ideally within 30 minutes of the bleeding event, but it can be given up to three hours after the PPH episode. Ah, so it's a trick question. Does QBL alone at delivery actually improve clinical outcomes? And the answer is surprisingly no, it does not. However, when quantitative blood loss or QBL is part of an obstetrics hemorrhage toolkit or bundle, it does absolutely reduce the maternal morbidity and mortality with PPH. So rapid use of uterotonic medications, quick use of two IVs and intravenous fluid resuscitation, and the use of transacamic acid are all valuable components of a toolkit, including QBL, that helps us take better care of our patients so we don't have to face a maternal death from postpartum hemorrhage. Thanks for being part of this episode. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls. Thank you.